Uh, welcome to slightly something else. So I had a long weekend. I'm Yatsi Crucial. I'm joined by Marty Sleever. Hello, everyone. And Toffee. Hello, Toffee. He's in my jacket, as usual. Aww. And this week, we're talking about the video game trends we want to see go away. Well, this yep. shouldn't take too long. Basically, everything AAA does. Let's move on to comments. <laughs> but what about Elden Ring? Elden Ring's nice. You could do more of that. Uh, I bounced off a couple of things about Elden Ring. Also, I feel like in a couple of years, we might look back at Elden Ring and be like, why is everyone now trying to make a game like Elden Ring? And they're all failing because they're not from software. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to classify that as like a cheap, easy cash in. Mm -hmm. Like ripping off something that was really, really elaborate and took ages to make. Yeah. It's not like yeah. Flappy Bird. Oh, Flappy Bird. And you can knock Didn't that out guy like sell a bunch of it and then like he like moved? He well, just like he went just, off the grid? He just took the game off the store because he was terrified of the monster he'd created or something. I respect that. See, if Dr. Frankenstein would have done that, then the villagers would have never had to burn down that uh, windmill and everything would have been fine. Well, where to start? The video game yeah. trends we want to see go away. Well, I did an extra punctuation fairly recently on mm -hmm. the subject of gear grinding in uh, AAA yeah. games. Specific, most specifically, referring to Gotham Knights, but basically every game does it now. Yeah, and yeah. My thesis for that video was, why does this exist? Because no matter how you shake it, it, you really cannot argue that it exists to make the game better for the player. Yeah. Uh, can, can you? Do you want to have a no. you want to have a stab at arguing that? I I personally I personally cannot. Um, yeah, and it seems like this um, you know along with that this sort of sprouted from a handful of things that happened last week. We had the news that um, Xbox or Microsoft was laying off um, ten thousand people, including a, a, a huge component of the campaign team for Halo Infinite. So Halo Infinite Ooh. being the infinite game, uh, being the the forever game might not happen, which is a, a bad... <laughs> I think the, the forever game is a problem in and of itself. It was uh, tempting we also fate a little bit to call it infinite, wasn't it? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, that's the uh, that's calling your ship the Titanic. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Um, we had the, the news that Marvel's Avengers is going to be closing, is going to be no longer getting yep. uh, any more content. That was hope, supposed to be an infinite hope, game. Hope you didn't grind up all the best gear in that, because uh, that work is officially wasted. Uh, and then we got the report um, that, like, a screenshot leaked of supposedly the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League menu. Yeah. And it showed things for, like, cosmetics and battle pass. And so um, I feel like a lot of these are feeding into a very similar topic, which is uh, the recurring trend of our game can't just cost a single amount of money and then you move on with your life. It needs to be, how do we become the next Fortnite? How do that's we... Been, that's been the thing for the longest time. I yeah. mean, uh, Stephanie Sterling's always ragging at this, about mm -hmm. uh, this whole business model is unsustainable. It's always based around, how can we make all of the money that currently exists in the world? And there's yeah. no appreciation for what people want to do from a you know an artistic perspective. And there's no appreciation for letting things end and letting things end in a timely fashion, which, which is, you know, let, yeah. well, letting things end in terms of these forever games, like maybe I don't want a forever game, but also the timely fashion of like, you know, when we talked about even games that we liked last year, like I liked God of War Ragnarok, you liked Elden Ring, but both of us felt like 
did it need to have this much? Could we have could could yeah. this have been better? Were it trimmed? Were it a more like you know sort of yeah that was that was product. That was true of both those games. They they felt yeah. way too long and way too big. And we the game we liked of that year ended up being neon white. Yeah, which, which is, I don't is, think uh, anyone would say is too long or, or too big. No, it's a relatively yeah. micro game in mm -hmm. comparison, and it just feels so irrational to keep making games like Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok in the face of that kind of response because yeah. it takes so many years to make these fucking things and so much effort and if you can make your money back just by making like just taking the budget for God of War Ragnarok splitting it up into like five games five games each one you could make inside two years and just and just plop them out and yeah. I it seems logical to me that you'd probably make a healthy profit doing that. Yeah. So I can't help feeling like there's no actual conscious decision making going into AAA gaming at this point. It um it also feels tough because it feels like it's a two-way street there because you know, for as bad like there's bad trends when it comes to development certainly. But there's also bad trends of like we need to stop having people saying oh, the game is only blank amount of hours, thus it is not worth the price. Like, to me, that is... and it, yeah. I'm hoping that thing, that sentiment is going away, but that is the sentiment of, I need X hours to X dollars I spend. That's kind of what is getting us into this place of AAA Studios being like, well, we can't just have an eight-hour story because they don't think it's worth $60, so we need to make it a 23-hour story that has a shit ton of side quests that aren't interesting. You know, side quests that are just there for the sake of being there and making you do things and double back for the sake of, you know, <laughs> keeping you into the game longer so that you go another month without turning it in. Busy work is what it is. Busy work, yeah. And we yeah. see that in, in, you know, we saw that in, in uh, Horizon last year. I even feel like some of the things we were doing in, in uh, God of War was like that. So even these games that are like like really, you know, gorgeous from top tier studios still kind of suffer from that oh we need to um <laughs> we need to make sure that the, the the pigs have enough food in their trough yeah it's about uh sort of distracting you with a sort of pure cathartic experience of you know completing all the items on the checklist mm -hmm. rather than creating catharsis from uh, uh creating a really satisfying and engaging story or a yeah, really intense yeah. and interesting challenge yeah um it was interesting too. This topic came from uh, Ubisoft once again delayed Skull and Bones for the ten thousandth time, which um, well, I really want to come they out. Had just to, because... They had to put more icons on the map first. <laughs> hey, that being said, you're clearly going to love the game because you love all things nautical. So, well, we were just, just discussing that. Yes, before we came on, Apparently it'll be your every game, game in I... year twenty twenty four. Question mark. Every, every game that I really like has uh, prominently featured <laughs> boat in it. Apparently, yeah. Um, but then there was also news that they had canceled a bunch of unannounced games, including, like, they had a bunch of Battle Royale games in development. Uh, uh, and uh. then they had, like, an open meeting. And, like, Eve Gamow, their CEO, said, like, listen, you all you employees need to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps and we oh, need to get out of this. Fuck and that guy. they were allowed to, to ask, like, anonymous questions. And the, one of the questions that was um, the most upvoted was from an employee that said, it appears that management is out of touch with games by saying that we need to adapt to an evolving industry. Why are we chasing the trends instead of setting them? Mm -hmm. And I think that is true. Like, that's what I want. I, like, 
what I want from the big studios is for them to not chase the the you know five years late the thing that blew yeah. up is to not chase battle royales or extraction games or or asymmetrical multiplayer and instead to like forge their own path and like be the trendsetters and and sort of mm -hmm. like put their thumbprint on where things are going forward and like to, to find an analog in the film industry like that's one thing like a lot of the block like the blockbusters that stand in history did that like you can make fun of avatar as much as you want but like james cameron is doing that with his technology and and george lucas did that with star wars and it just feels like we're at a point where like not enough triple a games are doing that which is kind of a bummer yeah points we've frequently made and yeah. which we'll presumably frequently make again in the future so that's <laughs> the, the that's the broad perspective. The main trend we want to see go away is trend chasing, ironically. Yeah. Or yeah, is that just yeah. or is that appropriately? Uh yeah. I <laughs> mean a little of both, I think. Yeah. It's hard to say. So let's let's yeah. be a little more specific. Sure. So I think one trend from AAA design I want to see go away is feeling like we move really slowly. Ooh. I always feel okay. like, when, especially, uh, I don't know if it's something to do with the camera perspective, but when we go with the, the Resident Evil 4 camera aimed right at the main character's bum mm -hmm. uh, sort of angle, the God of War Ragnarok, and the majority of sort of like narrative third-person camera AAA games seem to have these days, is that there's a certain sluggishness to the movement. Okay. And that's definitely emphasized uh, when half of the gameplay is just moving down narrow passages. Yeah. And uh, fighting in small arenas because that's all they could render because of the, the obligation for top-of-the-range graphics. Yeah. I think part of the reason why Neon White felt so fresh was because we could actually move really fast and f move really freely. There's so many yeah. AAA games that handle like... Well, I once heard controlling a character in FPS is like controlling a refrigerator box on a Roomba. And that's certainly the feel I get navigating around. It's, I want to say there's trends this stuff, trend starting Gears of War. Moving okay, around a Gears yeah. of War game always felt like you're a refrigerator box on a Roomba. Yeah. And you try to, like, you steer yourself through a gap. Could, didn't quite make the gap. Had to move away, move to the side. Uh, I, think, I think your refrigerator also has magnets on it, and certain surfaces have magnets. So sometimes your refrigerator Roomba will magnet magnetically attach itself to certain surfaces in gears yeah that's something yeah. always annoyed about the take cover era of shooters yeah um, when, when the walls were magnetized it was pretty yeah, annoying yeah. if there was a stealth element and you had to sort of crowbar yourself off a wall like yeah. it was like you were a barnacle and then you'd like overshoot how far you wanted to go and someone would see you before you could uh super glue yourself to the next wall yeah, it always feels like when movement feels like that in a game, it makes me feel like the environment I'm running around in is just a really pretty museum that I'm not, I'm not allowed to touch anything. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like, yeah. like God of War, like the environments aren't very interactive. They're very pretty. But when you're running around, you're like, I, I'm ostensibly running around just like a gray box. Um, this is this is what I call the ghost train ride. Yeah. It, where everything's just too pretty to interact with. Can't have your dirty little paws all over this, I'm afraid. No. no. We some guy like spent an entire shift rendering this fucking bookshelf. He missed his child's second birthday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, yeah, there is that fundamental. Like, we. I feel like when a game comes around where movement does feel 
different and unique and interesting and fun. Those are the games we kind of keep talking about. Um, mm. And and the fact that they happen so few and far between is uh, kind of a bummer, which is why I'm like extremely curious about uh, Forspoken. Which, oh, um, I think a lot of people are getting curious yeah, about that, going by the initial yeah. response. We didn't get very, a review code. We're probably going to have to play it when it comes out did. tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious That's, about that because it, this it is a, feels like it's doing movement in an interesting way, but it's kind no, of broken yeah. and janky. Most outlets not getting a review code is a very, very uh, classic warning sign. It's like yep, yep. we we want as many people to play this as possible before word of mouth gets around. <laughs> I get the I, I said this at a meeting earlier, but I would put money on that this is gonna be a game that in like five to ten years is going to get a critical reappraisal and it's gonna become a cult <laughs> classic. Like it is a game uh, that is not gonna be good, but in five to ten years people are gonna look back. It's gonna like kinda like Deadly Premonition, like kinda like yeah. the Guard games to where there's gonna be some kernel of something here that a bunch of weirdos who I love online like really dedicate yeah, themselves to. I still don't know much about it because I avoid hype. But I've s i have saw uh, like one clip of some dialogue on Twitter and I'm fucking hyped. I'm fucking hyped to get started on that tomorrow. It sounds like if you love if you love your uh quippy dialogue, it sounds like this has it in spades. So you're gonna you're, you're Yeah, gonna I'm gonna yourself. hate I'm gonna hate the shit out of it, I'm sure. <laughs> Incredible. Um I mean, is that, I guess that quippy dialogue is also another thing you've written about re recently of, of Oh well um, yes, that's another trend I'd like to see yeah. die. Yeah. Well, having said that, I gave High on Life a fairly positive review. Which, it although felt I wouldn't like that was almost part of it, though, right? Like that, like part of the the core things of the game was the constant chatter, right? Like yeah, I think in High on Life it was very much a focus, whereas in something like Borderlands, it's just something that's sort of sprinkled on top. Yeah. That uh, you're sort of obliged to acknowledge. Yeah. And there's. I didn't get the vibe from High on Life that someone had gone through every single line of dialogue and just forcibly inserted a joke. It felt a lot more natural in High on yeah. Life. Yeah. Well, the game was like at its it was supposed to be, you know, a comedy game. So yeah. um Yeah, yeah. I guess that was it at its core. That's yeah. that's the rare thing these days. Yeah. Just being a straight comedy thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And whether, you know, that, that comedy works or doesn't work on you is obviously a um you know, your mileage yeah. may vary thing, but... Well, that's, I guess that's why comedy isn't so popular in, like, the mainstream media sector, because it, uh, it, it's rare uh, to that comedy has really broad appeal, if it's, if it's clever, if it's clever. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, yeah. case in point, I liked High on Life, and everyone expected me to hate it, and uh, yeah. I absolutely loathed the shit out of Sunset Overdrive, sense of humour, and some <laughs> people seemed to like that game. Ooh, only monsters would like that game. Hey, great sense of mobility. Um, if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind... The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I have a, I have a small one. Well, you mentioned uh, in the other week you wrote about the audio logs thing, which mm. um, is still a baffling thing to me that every game hasn't just nailed down how audio logs should work, that mm. you should be able to listen to these while doing things and 
they shouldn't be cut off and everything. Um, something that sort of reminded me of that is uh, in in a game where you can leave an area on accident and then the door behind you closes and you can't go back to that area to like finish what you were doing. Yeah, points of no um, return. Is points the, of no return. Yeah, and I'm not talking about like, I don't know, Final Fantasy VII has at the end, before you go into the crater, your party's like, this is, yeah. we're going to go fight Sephiroth, we can't come back. I'm talking about like Plague Tale Requiem did this and, and the Last yeah. of Us games do this and God of War does this to where you're like, I don't know which one of these areas to go to in order to experience the, or to try to find, you know, loot or yeah. whatever, or an I'm audio log. And I remember really hating this in uh, the most recent Thief game. Because mm-hmm. Thief, traditionally, is always about exploring every nook and cranny of the castle. But uh, that had that, exactly what you're talking about. You'd keep running into points of no return. And then the stealth didn't really matter, because if a guard saw you, you just run into a point of no return, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it like, kind of resets everything. Yeah, we were doing that with... Uh, uh when Casey and I were playing Metal Gear, we were like, you can you can screw yeah. up an area as much as you want, but if you go through the store, everything will be fine. Like, it'll forget everything that just happened. Again, it's a symptom of ghost train rideism, where every sec- every section of the game is, like, completely separate from the section that came before it and the section that came after it. And it's all, like, yeah, where gate- it does feel it's like all gated pieces. off. It's all gated yeah. off with squeezing down narrow passages and shit. Yeah, it's, like, ostensibly levels but you want to stitch them all together. So instead of it being like an old Castlevania game where it's like, all right, you're done with level two, now you're on to level three. Every like, new no, game, these are all connected, and here's a hallway for you to squeeze through. Every new game that's not an open world, I play uh, like with this sort of constant anxiety. Like I find there's three different paths to go, and I'll, and I'll be wanting to go down... The path that actually continues the game, I would want to go down mm-hmm. last. Yeah. So I go down one path, and if it looks like I'm going to a set piece that the game player really wants me to, that the game really wants me to see, I'm like, oh shit, this is probably the way forward. Yeah. And I'll backtrack and go and look at the other path, then I'll find another set piece and go, oh shit, maybe that one was the, maybe this is the way forward, and the last one was just a, a funny bonus. And there's just no uh, way of knowing until you trip the point of no return and go, oh son of a bitch. You hit a cutscene and the door closes and a boss shows up. It's like so playing Sonic Two this. all over again. Uh, oh god. We both complain about this. How, is there a way to fix this? Because I was thinking about it, and I don't. Other than just having like uh, hitting a button and seeing a line on the ground that says "This is where the, the story route is," so feel free to not go down this route. I don't like, know. I mean, I guess you could say just make every game an open world, but then the open worlds get obnoxious. Yeah, uh, which is another thing I've ragged on. That I also don't want every game to be an open world. Everything's yeah. got a Ubisoft open world. But then I think back to like the linear games I've really liked, like Half Life. The original yeah. Half-Life. And I guess it's just a matter of they, they don't lock the the way back most of the time. If you want, you can walk all the way back to the start of the level. You lure the enemies back to the start of the level and just piss about. Yeah. It, it, even that lends a sort of uh, flexibility to gameplay, where you can, uh, rather than just fighting the same dudes in the their one designated arena, you can be creative with it. You can yeah. like, lure them through a door and drop an anvil on their head. I don't know. Yeah, part of me wonders if that's like if if you know the the fidelity of games is so high now that they have to almost be like, all right, we have to forget about every area you just passed because we need to load in everything from the upcoming area. So. I sus- I suspect that's a big part of it, especially with the yeah. very fancy skyboxes they have to show you. Yeah, yeah, man. I like. I'm gonna be honest though. I like me a fancy skybox. I know, uh, like a lot of like Uncharted inspired Ghost Train ride games do, because they keep doing that thing. They keep doing that thing where they show you a skybox and they point to like a building on it and say, that's where the next plot point is. And then you go through a, like a, the, the next uh, narrow passageway 
and it's another two hours of filler before you get to that place. I like those, though. Like, I, I don't know what the first game that they did, if it was, like, The Last of Us, the original Last of Us. I noticed it, it kept happening in Last of Us 2. I couldn't remember if it okay. kept happening yeah. in Last of Us 1 a lot. It, it, happen, it happens in 1 quite a bit, where it'll be like, oh, there's City Hall, and it's way off in the yeah. distance, and then you have to go through a, a museum and a man eats you. Um, I don't know. I like that. To me, it, it, it lends... I like games that have a sense of adventure where I can get to my destination and look back and see all the way back to where I started because it feels like a genuine sense of accomplishment. And I don't know if that's just the dumb, like, kind of feeding off the the um, the, the Skyrim thing of, like, if you see any mountain, you can climb it. But um, I don't know. I yeah. like being able well, to, like, the look back of, on my journey. I guess the sense of seeing how far you've come can be brought across in a number of ways. Sometimes you can, yeah. you can see it from just how skilled you've become since the beginning. Like, you just go back to a yeah. starting area where there were a bunch of level one dudes and just trounce the absolute shit out of them. To me, that like that almost uh, feeds into like a very real thing of like hiking. Where if you go on a hike and you look back, you're like, "Oh my god, look! The parking lot was all the way over there, and look how far we went." Mm. Um, I don't know. There's some maybe something in my dumb in my dumb lizard brain. Always forward, it, never it, back. Exactly. See. Um, <sighs> I, had, I had a couple. I had a couple more uh, uh, random trends. I wrote. Okay, that I, I hit me. Away. Uh, ignoring your history. Um, and this is sort of a pet peeve in terms of uh, a combination of game preservation and also the fact that there keeps being this like this this pendulum swinging over the the neck of of services and games where it's like oh PSN and the 3D uh, the 3DS eShop are closing down in three months and if you don't have your games they will be lost forever to the annals of time yep. and it's one of those like this is this is insane like well, like these are the things where in my opinion once a thing like that happens like piracy is fair game just go yeah, have so. at it like, yeah um, it's called yeah yeah and it's uh, it's it's crazy to think that there's these you know companies that still exist like nintendo sony like the fact that they have they have vessels to push these games out to people through their subscription services and they just don't like the the sony playstation platinum thing and nintendo's nintendo online thing like there's just the, i don't think the modern i don't think the modern live service thing that is intended to be played forever is something that will ever be brought back for nostalgic purposes by some abandonware enthusiast i mean that'll be the other like so yeah, are people gonna like look back in like fifteen years and be like, "Man, I really wish I could play through the." Yeah, the I really wish I could waste, and... waste the thirty-two hours of my life fighting the same fucking dudes like I did in that game. Yeah, yeah, in Marvel's Avengers. Um, and you'd think this would be obvious. All the games that people people really liked for any given year is usually stuff that had really strong narrative theming. It also seems like all of those games that are live service and like ongoing the people who play the most are either ashamed of it or do it mm. out of spite yeah. or it's like a sunken cost fallacy where it's like, I've put a thousand hours in destiny and I can't stop now because that's all I have. The thing is um, live service game is of the moment. Live service yeah. game is something that gives people catharsis at uh, like right now. They can play yeah. it while listening to a podcast. I don't know. But when you talk about stuff that people remember like a year down the line, the things people remember are characters, plot points, memes, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's what, that's what people latch on that's what people latch onto in their heads. I made a extra punctuation about Prey once, where I mm -hmm. speculated on why people mostly forgot about it and reached the conclusion that there wasn't really anything 
that really stood out from a story or like memeable perspective. Yeah. And that's, yeah, even that's, like the this is how you of... remember this is how you remember things. It creates like you know pivot points in your head. And Prey didn't even you know it had some comparisons to like Bioshock and everything, but it didn't have the like the big daddy to lash yourself onto yeah. in terms big of big daddies. Like, is a man not entitled thing. to the sweat of his brow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that shit's the the shit people remember. So, do you is like uh, these live service games? Are they the equivalent of like? Sports, where people watch sports, but ultimately you kind of sports are like a thing you experience in the moment, and then it I guess yeah, really you don't. Stick with yeah. you, whereas like a movie that you really like will stick with you, and you'll remember that story going forward. You don't tape a random football match and then watch it again every Christmas for the next ten years. Weird. That would be honestly pretty. That would be weird because there's always more sports to watch. Yeah, the yeah. next. Exactly. Now you mention it, that seems to be like the intention with the live service stuff, just to give us more sports. <sighs> More sporting yeah. events to observe. Yeah. And that, um, and yeah, and never may let us think about the stuff we used to like in the past. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a couple of the, a uh, couple of the other things I'd written down are things that we've talked about in the past. Like I think we've literally had episodes on them, but um, everyone needs to stop bragging about their game's length. Uh, that, that mm -hmm. was a dying light two thing a year ago where they said, hey, it's 500 hours. I'm like, this isn't, that's not a good thing. Like I think a, a lot of people will say that's a bad thing. Yeah, I think um, I haven't really heard anyone bragging about length since then. Probably because of that, because there was a yeah. backlash against it when they did that. I mean, God of War Ragnarok was is a really obnoxiously long game. I don't remember anyone bragging about how long it was. No, I think yeah, maybe maybe they wised up after that of yeah. of uh, you know not not using that as a selling point. Um, things we talk about all the time, like announce stop announcing games so early. The fact that at E3 2018, we got an Elder Scrolls 6 logo, and that game probably well, won't be out for another well, five or six years. Announcing games way too early is uh, kind of a symptom of them now taking six years plus to develop. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got that Star Wars Eclipse game that's supposedly coming from the David Cage studio that they said oh, probably God. won't be out until 2028. That's like, what's... Yeah. I get point of the, a point of this is to, like, they need to be able to staff up, and they can do so by saying, we're working on a Star Wars thing, but... Um, <clears throat> Like it's ultimately like no matter what the game ends up being, it will never be able to match the the lofty expectations that have been created by yeah. I think media there's slash a, people. There is a set amount of hype you can have. Yeah, and uh, the longer you go on uh, making your thing, uh, the more that hype sort of eats away. Yeah, until people stop caring by the time it comes out, and by the time it comes out. Uh, anything you show them like inevitably disappoints there's yep. a certain point in like the hype cycle where whatever you provide at the end of it will never satisfy yeah yeah where that point yeah, is i leave uh, to the analysts <laughs> yeah i mean there's a yeah i mean i don't i don't know what the sweet spot is like there's uh uh i, I was mentioning the other day how Two summers ago, there was the Paper Mario and the Origami King. Do you remember that game? Did you play it for Switch? Yeah, I reviewed it. Okay. It was revealed in May and came out at the beginning of July. And so that game was revealed like 45 days before it came out. Yeah. And I'm like, like, what if hype? everything was that? I know. What if everything came out at like the peak of its hype? Yeah. Um, you'd and think that would all... be better for the things, right? You'd think so, wouldn't you? But, you know... Yeah. 
stuff gets leaked if you're working on something long enough stuff inevitably gets leaked people want to control the yeah. narrative the developers want to be able to show something with the publishers so they can keep getting their funding yeah it's just part of the process really yeah um i do i am happy that it feels like the industry can sometimes course correct like a year and a half ago it felt like we were gonna have to be talking about nfts a bunch and it feels like that quickly got like bullied out of existence and so yeah that's one of those things where i'm like okay this is this is good and you still have the occasional like the square enix ceo like blockchain is important to us but i don't, I don't really think that's gonna have to be a yeah thing. read the room yeah read the room everyone that's like i was talking about about the gear grinding stuff and how it couldn't possibly exist uh to benefit the player's experience it feels like the masks are completely off with that now yeah and the publishers just say we're gonna do this shit that makes us money yeah because we like money and uh over the years we've learned you just buy this shit anyway so we're not even gonna deny it we look forward to having your money yeah <laughs> uh yeah and they're honest about it um yeah. I had the last two things I had written down were annual releases, which I, I like to think we're shying away from. Although I don't know, is, is is the instead of annual releases, are we just gonna get live service? Like are those just Well, that's probably the the, the goal. But yeah. why not why not both? Uh play Madden all year and then buy the next Madden. Because support for the for the previous Madden is about to be dropped. Yeah. That's nightmarish. Um and then the last thing, which is a big thing that got brought up uh, with, again, with like Overwatch and, and uh, Warzone 2, which are two games I do not care about. But um, the the big thing that came out was you needed a, you needed phone verification. And yeah. I've watched some video essays about how there's like a 40% of the world who, uh, not only phone verifications, but it can't be pre-paid prepaid plans. It has to be post-paid paid, so like, you know. Well, that sounds a bit. Yeah, that sounds a bit classist. Yeah, yeah, and so like, and and over, uh, you know, uh, Blizzard was saying like, oh no, Overwatch is free to play now, so we're making it more, you know, playable to everyone. But it's like, well, if you're saying to everyone, when then with a little uh, in parentheses saying, well, forty percent of the world who doesn't have these phone plans can't actually log into the game through legal matters. Like that seems Whoops. pretty shitty. Yeah. And again, that's coming from someone who does not care about these multiplayer games, but still thinks that's shitty because plenty of people do. Well, I've, the super chats are coming thick and fast, and I suspect everyone's oh, going to have their own suggestion uh, yeah. for what uh, what trends they'd want to see go away. So why don't we get stuck in? Heck yeah. And remember, everyone, you can see your goal uh, uh, currently. We passed the Half-Life goal. We're going to be starting Half-Life uh, next week, next Thursday. And we're currently, uh, all of this funding is going towards Adventure is Live, which mm. is going to be a new uh, Let's Play uh, live stream series on Fridays where uh, uh, Jack, Casey... Amy and Jesse are gonna just hang out and play D and D games. Not like it's not gonna be a canonical adventures nigh things, but they're gonna be no. playing uh, different D and D video games. Yeah, we should specify they're playing video games. Not, yes, video games. it's not a separate uh, campaign or anything. Uh -uh. I'm not in that because I got enough shit to do. Sorry. Ah. Uh, if you haven't seen Adventures Nigh's finale, and if you are a member of Patreon subscriber, then you should yeah. damn well watch it. It's dead good. Yeah, absolutely. Patreon subscribers and YouTube members can watch it right now. Don't get spoiled. Join oh, and watch it. And while we're pushing shit, I think Nick wants me to push that uh, the four-hour zero-punctuation 
like uh, collections mm. have now been put on Spotify for you to enjoy yeah. with your listening ears. How do you feel about a lot of people who say they listen to those things as they sleep? How do you feel that you are a voice of sleep? I like that it gives me power over their subconscious minds. Uh, do you are, are you going to like Freddy Krueger them? I'm going to insert Mancurian candidate ideas into oh, no. the text. Oh no! Blah 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 blah. blah. Murder the French ambassador. Blah 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 blah. blah. Anyway. Evan Pobova, welcome to Early Access. That's your welcome, the first Evan. on the list. Well done. Mm -hmm. And then Ned Seagoon, member of 27 months, whose name is a reference to an obscure British comedy property that I doubt Ooh. many people would know. Uh, he's an Early Access. Newsies member chat to say, could do without them releasing unfinished games. Well, you uh, have to yeah. take the rough with the smooth here, Ned Seagoon. I mean, we could uh, abolish the releasing of unfinished games, but at the same time, we would have to abolish patching games in post. And do you really, do you really want to go back to the world of uh, bugs and viruses burnt onto discs for everyone to have forever? It seems like with a lot of these, there's a happy medium, right? Yeah, like gotta, yeah, yeah. I guess. I, I would say maybe, like, say you you have to stop patching after a certain amount of time. Yeah. You get you get six months and then it's done. Although you know, I suppose the game's got to be expected to be keeping up with current technology. I don't know. Yeah. It's a naughty one. Yeah. Gary Davis gives five pounds and says, Snog marry avoid. What's wrong with Snog marry kill? I like Snog marry kill. There's stakes. There's, yeah, there's a lot more stakes in Snog marry kill. Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. No one lives forever. Aliens vs. Predator 2. Well, I haven't played Aliens vs. Predator 2, so I guess I'd kill that one. And then I would... Uh, I would Snog... Star Trek Voyage, Relief First Force, and Marry No One Lives Forever. There you go. No One Lives Forever is the only one I've played, and I would like that series to come back. But I want it to come back and be good. So whichever, whichever, either kissing it or marrying it, whichever one. Uh... Voyage, Relief Force wasn't bad. I mean, for the time. Was it a, sh a shooter? Like first-person shooter? Like the other Yeah, game? I remember kind of liking it. It's also mm. one of those games that's like tries to put you in an episode of Star Trek. So you'd probably like it gotcha. if you like start if you're one of those weirdos who like Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Andrew S gives two dollars and says the AAA games trend I'm ready to see pass 3D. Ooh. Do you mean like 3D glasses 3D or full on 3D polygonal graphics? Because uh, that ship sailed a long time ago, I'm afraid. Yeah, we. I mean, I'd be. I'd be interested if there was like a law that was passed where it's like all these uh, AAA studios have to make their next game has to be 2D. Like, what's Naughty Dog doing in 2D? I want to see that. Well, everyone um, makes Song of the Deep, I guess. Like what Insomniac yeah, guess, Games did that yeah, one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if you meant 3D as in, like, the 3D TVs, because that definitely... That didn't yeah, that's dead. Well. Yeah. I, I had a 3D TV for a while, because we went to the electronics store to buy a new TV, and the dude, with, in retrospect, an air of desperation... Let us have a 3D TV for the same cost as a normal TV, and we thought, "Fuck it, see what it, let's see what it's like." And it wasn't really worth it. Did you like buy a Blu-ray or a game that was specifically 3D to like try it out? Or? Yeah, I tried out uh, that one Killzone game that was. 3D. Oh yeah, that was yeah. a big deal. Like Killzone two or three. Yeah. I don't think the fact the fact that you need to wear glasses for it kind of kills it for me. Yeah, it seems pretty silly. Anyway. Uh, Dimitri gives five Canadian dollars, says Whedon-esque dialogue, unfinished games, MTXs, sandboxes, 
full price multiplayer only, awful menus with high interaction cost, take your pick. Yeah, I'm with you on the menus. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jermaine had a video fairly recently pointing yeah, out that yeah. uh, AAA interfaces are all shit these days. It takes like six yeah. button presses to, even to get into a fucking game of Overwatch and, 2. And a lot of it is because of paid cosmetics and things like that. And yeah. Like those menus need to get bogged down because of the various ways you can give them money and all the different things. Yeah, I mean, we could all like say that. these menus are shit and we hate them, but they're all yeah. uh, acting completely as intended by the creators. Yeah. They're not, uh, the they're not designed the, for intuitive use. They're designed to get you to the store. Yep. Uh, the one I'll push back on here, which again is funny because I don't even play multiplayer games. I don't think being multiplayer only should mean you aren't full price. Well, I guess uh, that's sort of related to the uh, price per hour of gameplay argument. Yeah. I mean, how do you even price games anymore? It's uh, without standardization. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. yeah. No. What also, what's MTX? Microtransactions. Oh, right. I've never seen them uh, shortened in that manner before. I have. I don't get it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know where the X comes from. Well, Ax if, actions, if, well if Xmas can mean Christmas, X can officially mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, Chucky Uniquel, member for 30 months in early access, says, Hype trains frothing fans sour me on their game. You wonder where these, like, frothing fans come from. I wonder if uh, some of them are paid. I just think back to when I was at the Xbox presentation in E3 2019, and, like, the entire front half of the audience was all, like, weirdos in t-shirts, making an X's with their hands, and getting really overly impressed weirdos by things. Weirdos in t-shirts. Yeah. We weirdos wear t-shirts. Um, yeah, at the same time, uh, you shouldn't let you shouldn't be soured on what someone else is doing. You can look at it and be like, that's weird. But you shouldn't, uh, Chucky, uh, you shouldn't let frothing fans sour you on a game. In well, the so same way, you shouldn't let sour fans ruin an experience of a game you like. If like someone's got like. a genuine passion for something, you know, more power to them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole... Like, as long as it's an actual passion and not just because they're addicted. Yeah, I think, uh, to me, the I've weird got a thing passion for is, heroin. That's... That's nice, as long as you don't let that passion go into addiction. There you go. Um, I think people, I think brand loyalty is weird. Like, having loyalty to billion-dollar corporations, like the whole, like, Xbox sucks, Sony rules thing, like, or, like, fuck DC, I'm all about Marvel. Like, it's all very weird to me. Like, I just yeah. don't, like, well, what? you know I'm how happy. the internet loves to separate people. They do. Do you think there's such a thing as a heroin connoisseur? Who can tell the subtle nuances in the experience of between one brand of heroin to another? Was uh, I mean, these people uh, emerged Sherlock from, Holmes was didn't Sherlock Holmes do a bunch of heroin? These people emerged from weed was legalized. All the fucking weed purists who like uh, had a particular brand of weed they they've held up above others. The same thing like happened a her with a heroin barista, like a heroin. Yeah, barista. the coffee likers as well. Uh, if heroin was legalized, you'd be seeing like boutique heroin cafes, yeah. who like uh, push push the rare, you know, Colombian shit. Yeah, Chris S says I personally uh, have a heroin sommelier. <laughs> there, you there you go. <laughs> Dude in a suit with white gloves, like needle on a silver platter. Now this one is best accompanied by slouching on a dirty mattress for six hours. There you go. Perfect. Anyway, John Stamos presumably not the real one, gives $2 and says, question, Yarts, who calls you Ben? 
Any friends? Nobody. Nobody calls me Ben. My wife calls me Yahtzee. My in-laws call me Yahtzee. My wedding invitations uh, called me Yahtzee. What about, oh, you don't have anyone in your life from before you uh, uh, took the moniker? No, I haven't spoken to my parents in like 15 years. All right. They were, they were like the last holdouts, I think. Anyway, fl Flip Party gives $2 and says, Games are too long. A replayable 6 to 15 hours, please. Hell yeah, Flip Party. Yeah, we've been over that. But is but are you gonna are you happy to pay sixty dollars for that flip party? Hmm. Um, uh, war boss of corn. Member for seven months in tip jar. No message. Incredible. Suit yourself, war boss of corn. Uh, the Flash gives a measly one pound seventy nine, and says, "When did linear games become a bad thing?" Sad. I don't think there's uh, there's anything inherently bad about a game being linear. I think if a game is very forcibly linear in the manner of a ghost train ride, I find that annoying. I mean, do you... Like, would you say God of War Ragnarok was a ghost train simulator? Yep. In, would you say that game was linear? You literally ride ghost trains at various points <laughs> in that game. Uh, would you... Uh... I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of, like, the definition of linear as, as different. Well, I guess it isn't in the sense that you can, you know, go back and do other stuff and side stuff and things. But it is linear. It will. It is linear for very long periods of it. Like, if you get uh, stuff yeah. you do, like, a specific sequence of story events. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, we both, we talked about that uh, thing with Atreus and, and Grabota, where it was like, how are we still doing this after See, there's a there's a midpoint between uh, linear and open world that I think of as Spaghetti Sprawl, where there's multiple paths, but they're all linear. <laughs> you, you keep trying to design, to, to, to add names to new genres. I'm trying to and I really a, like Spaghetti Sprawler. I I'm really trying to create like a legacy here. What am I, what <laughs> I'm am I supposed really, to do? Raise children? I really like Spaghetti Sprawler. There is the one optional level. Uh, Chad, if anyone played a bunch of God of War Ragnarok, I don't think I don't think Yahtzee went to that optional area, but there's an Ooh. area called the Crater, which yeah. I feel like that is a big Spaghetti Sprawler. And that was yeah, my favorite you, area you, of God of War. Yeah, you mentioned that. Maybe I like Spaghetti Sprawlers. David of the Port gives £4.49. Says, to echo what you said about faster movement, what I love about Apex Legends is that fast Titanfall movement, and I want more games to feel like this. You know what might help? Is if you could see your character's feet. I always think if you can't see your character's feet in your third-person game, you have less of a concrete sense of where they are and how close the nearest wall is. You want to see your feet like when you're looking down, right? Not when you're like looking forward. Well, if your camera was pulled back so you could see their feet, I would think the movement would feel a lot less sticky. Because when you can't see the feet, you know, the lower half of your body is in the sort of amorphous state. You could yeah. be like tap dancing and you never know. I'm trying to remember if like, because Titanfall, in terms of first person games, Titanfall 2 probably has my favorite movement, which is, I think, pretty much the Apex movement. But you know um, what, I can't you know remember if you can if see your feet. If, you're, if you can't see your feet, and it's like a third person game like God of War or Resident Evil 4, um, and you press forward, mm -hmm. and uh, your player doesn't start moving forwards immediately because they've got to get their feet in line, um, that's, how it, that's how it feels sluggish. Because if you could see your feet, if you could see 
the way your feet were moving. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, like intuit when you're going to start moving forwards. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't feel like there's a delay to your to your button pushes. Sure, sure. Okay, I, I know what you're saying. If you see what I mean. Well, I'm glad you can see what I mean because I'm not entirely sure I do anymore. Yeah, I'm just thinking about feet now. I'm just pulling a tangent yeah. and just thinking about a bunch of different feet. Like a real sicko. Pack hole gives 25 PLNs. I think they've oh, got it's but I, Oh, okay. I hate markers, he says. It's one of the reasons Elden Ring is the first open world game I enjoyed since Morrowind. I just want an adventure, not a checklist. Uh, it's it's a slippery slope, isn't it? You start giving people prompts and like indicators to show where they need to go, and uh, the people start treating it like a checklist, and then it becomes a checklist. Huh? And then, because because uh, there is like a certain obnoxiousness to Elden Ring, in that uh, you can't tell uh, where the fuck to go sometimes. Uh, you just sort of you just got to sort of remember where things were. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people like that, though. I think you find it obnoxious, but I think a lot of people kind of miss that in their games. Well, also, I, don't, I don't find it, like, oh, no. blanketly obnoxious. I mean, I, I yeah. like being able to explore freely, and I do think, like, map markers and indicators on screen showing you where to go sort of blur out everything else in the game. So you start, yeah. like, not really noticing the impressive scenery because uh, you're following this fucking objective marker like a carrot on a fishing rod. Yeah, I think uh, Elden Ring and, uh, you know, obviously like Breath of the Wild, which it pulls a lot of it from, the, the games that do it well, I think, allow you to, like, you're the one placing the map markers. So instead of it being like Horizon, mm. where there's 10,000 things on the map, or Assassin's mm. Creed, it is you being like, that thing looks interesting in the distance, so I'm going to place a marker, and now on my map, it's there, and there's like a beam of light in the sky, so I generally know-ish the direction I want to yeah. go to this thing. Yeah, Ubisoft's solution was just... Uh have map markers but with extra steps like in yeah. uh, uh, Phoenix Rising yeah so instead yeah. of just like they were trying to do the Breath of the Wild thing where they you'd go to a vantage point and look at things and go oh I want to look I want to go to that but they didn't have like the intuitive uh, thing Breath of the Wild thing where you see a thing and know what it is so they just had to have icons that appear as you stare at the scenery from your vantage point and it mm -hmm. was, and it just meant that every time you get to a new place, you just had to stand in one place and survey the area like a security camera for a while before you could figure out where to go. Yeah. <clears throat> Paul says, gives $2 and says, hard to pay attention when Whittle Toffee is cute. Ah, oh, Whittle Toffee. Well, if I can pay attention to myself talking while stroking his adorable ears, you can pay attention to me. There you go. Uh, Dimitri gives two dollars. There's two dollars for the Toffee Street Fund. Well, we're well wearing this particular jacket is certainly paying off today, isn't it? Yeah. Because was that like a particular? Was Toffee doing something particularly cute then? Because we got two Toffee donos in a row. I don't know. It's just like uh, when I'm wearing my bathrobe, he tends to slump down into it. But I've mm -hmm. got my like uh, my athletic top on, and the zip comes up a lot higher. Yeah. And creates a much more secure perch for him to rest his chin on, and he's visible for more of the video. Well, perhaps we should note that down for optimal income. There you go. Uh, securing. Cade Brockhausen gives $5 and says, uh, Half-Life Alex does the plot point in the Skybox thing, and I think it really works. I don't think it's inherently bad, Cade Brockhausen. It just 
kind of stuck, st- stood out to me in uh, Last of Us 2 because it kept happening and yeah, I was really yeah. bored otherwise. Uh, Daniel TH gives $2. Says, why I like Hades, improvement is very visible. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I see that. But also, uh, again, Hades is a great example of a game. Uh, if we said games shouldn't have to release when they're finished, Hades was a game that used early access to its advantage and became beloved because it was able to be refined in through mm. a year and a half of early access. Hmm. I think of uh, uh, one of the rules of thumb for upgrading yourself in video games that it's nice to be able to get an immediate sense that your ability is upgraded yeah having something just be a couple numbers yeah like, like, i don't know like, i don't get enjoyment out of numbers 0.7 percent increase to strength you can't really get yeah. like a conscious sense of that can you yeah yeah anyway jeffrey of monmouth gives five dollars and says ludo narrative dissonance annoys me to no end Ruins both gameplay and story. Wish games would stop putting story leads and devs in different rooms. Well, they have to put them in different rooms because the teams are so big. If they were all in one room, uh, there would be uh, some kind of tragedy along the lines of the Hillsborough disaster. I have no idea. What's that disaster? (laughs) The Hillsborough disaster was when uh some people got way too excited for a football match and mm. nobody was monitoring how many people had crammed into the stadium oh, and some uh some people died that's not good that's not good at all um yeah i mean it's just also tough because yeah it seems like story and gameplay a lot of times are two disparate pillars and and the one doesn't work with the other one and then story yeah. has to play catch up with the gameplay or gameplay has to play catch up with the story and yeah, I don't know how to fix that other than making things smaller. You need a strong director is what you need. You a strong do. director to unite everything. Yes. Uh, Chris S., member for six months in early access, says, Overwayfaring has to go. Surprises give dopamine. What do you mean by overwayfaring, uh, do you think? Just, it's just I like mean, too early uh, hyping? No, overwayfaring. I assume that was the equivalent of the icons on a map thing. Oh, okay. Like, and, like, you know, I want to be surprised when I go over this hill, not know that yeah. there's a bandit camp because the game told me there was a bandit camp there. Yeah, that's usually my attitude. I hate games that are open world and have side quests, but, you like, all the side quest givers are in the same spot, like, in a city. Yeah. And and then I have to, like, go here, 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 and here to do the quest. I'd rather, like, be exploring the world organically and the side quest to just happen. Like yeah, someone flag yeah. me down and say, help, my wife is under a tiger around that corner. Please. How'd you get under a tiger? Please save my marriage. I the feel tig- like if you can't save your wife from the tiger, you don't deserve to be married. She's already saying the tiger is more attentive than I've ever been. Oh, no. She's going to marry the tiger. I didn't expect that. Uh, John Connor gives 10 Canadian dollars and says, Can the soulless copy of a great game trend end? Tried Immortals Phoenix on Game Pass and the few bucks that cost me felt like a ripoff. The mechanics were there, but the Ubisoft stink was unbearable. I know, right? That was basically my feelings about it. What do you mean the few bucks that cost you on game? Weren't you already paying for Game Pass though, John Connor? Didn't cost you anything. That's kind of the nice thing about Game Pass. Anyway. Unless you bought Game Pass just for that, in which case I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Cade Brockhausen gives $5 and says, You didn't know Royland was terrible when you did High on Life. We know Rowling is a massive bigot. Please don't give Hogwarts Legacy the attention. What if we got a review code, Cade Brockhausen? 
What if we got a review code and didn't give them any money? Would that be all right? Although I guess you'd say no, because we'd be we like giving it exposure. Yeah, I think they're wor less worried about the $60 and more worried about if your review would cause more than $60 worth of purchases on said game. What if I promised to like just stop the review every two minutes and say, incidentally, J.K. Rowling is a massive bigot? Well, find out in a few weeks. I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, I hate that you're trying to pressure me, hey, K.K. Brockhausen, because I'm kind of have to review the game. It's kind of my job. Yeah. Uh, it's a. Uh, it is interesting. Like, I'm very curious how a large swath of the industry is going to be dealing with this because i mean it's, it's not like one of those i mean i'm going to oh, go mention ahead. the fuck out of it in the review i'm probably going to get a great deal of mileage out of it yeah i will make i will review it in such a way that i make sure absolutely no one who hears forgets that rowling is a bigot for a moment okay so while i am exposing the game i am also exposing the fact that they're a bigot so you know it evens out she How brought a bunch that? of books during it too Probably shouldn't burn the books. That doesn't seem like a, a good way to do things. That's, but, uh, don't burn books, just don't buy the books. <laughs> I already bought the books when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't well, know what to do. I don't know. Uh, donate the same amount of money to uh, uh, trans charity. I don't know. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious how that's going to be. Uh, Stein says, pirate the game, folks. At that point, just don't fucking play the game. Like, why? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to support them, just don't play the game because there's also a lot. I'm gonna be honest, guys. There's a lot of games. There's so many games you could play. Yeah, or you could like uh, get invested in all the other media that is about a bespectacled schoolboy who is a wizard. Because you know, there's quite a few of those. Neil Gaiman's Books of Magic. Uh, we'll call it Colkin's Page Master. Dawkins Page Master. There's a series of text adventures that starts with a game called. Sorcerers get all the girls, which is a sort of uh, take on sort of the eighties Porky style sex comedy, but in a wizard school. And I'm surprised not many people bring them up with the retrospective popularity of Harry Potter, because in that you also play a bespectacled, dark-haired schoolboy, just one who happens Incredible. to get in lots of raunchy shenanigans with magical cheerleaders. I had no idea. magical cheerleaders. I had no idea any of this existed. Incredible. What a time to be alive. It's called the Spellcasting Series. Look it up. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Kuntz gives 499 says, I would love if games moved back towards single-player stories and away from soulless multiplayer-focused games meant to be played repetitively. Well, how do you make a 20-hour narrative game, Dylan Kuntz? By making God of War, apparently. Yeah. <clears throat> but single-player games just don't make the same amount of money. And that's why every few years, some publisher or other takes the stance that, oh, you don't really want single-player games. Trust us. You want constant live-service multiplayer games. That's what you want. And then don't time and again, they're friend? proved wrong. And time yeah. and again, every few years, it happens again. It's almost hypnotic how predictable it gets. Yeah. Hypno <laughs> predictable and forgettable. Like, how, how, how quickly we forget things and we just end yeah. up in the cycle back again. Because the first time I remember this happening was when uh, Quake 3 Arena came out with no single player and Unreal Tournament around the same time. And everyone was going, well, this is the future. No one wants story anymore. 
And then a little game called Half-Life came out. Then a few other little games called System Shock 2, Deus Ex, Thief 2, Bioshock, and proved them completely foul, stinking wrong. And then it happened again in recent years. So, you know, looking forward to the next big wave of games like that. That'll be fun. Anyway. Josh McKenzie gives $5 and says, Live service games give the opportunity for great social memories. I have had great times in WoW or D2 with friends, presumably Diablo 2. I don't know. Different than a solid solo story. Yeah. Well, that's more of a review of your friends, Josh McKenzie, not a review of the games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had we had fun playing Pulsar Lost Colony. Yeah, I don't a lot feel of things like are, I would review the game, but... A, a lot of things are fun with friends. I wouldn't be otherwise. That doesn't really make it better. It's just means you have good friends and my thing is uh, i'm not saying all these games should go away i'm just saying every game doesn't have to be those things like yeah. wow and diablo 2 or destiny 2 i'm not sure what that d is all those games were built around the foundation of of communal play um we all every game doesn't need to have that though uh mr black darkness 666 member for seven months in tip jar thank you very much oh hang on bad uh chat window just over scrolled on me oh no oh shit i think i might have lost a couple of messages there have you oh, got them no. all uh yeah there was only one after mr black darkness and i don't know if mr black darkness had a thing there was only one after that but before bag of decks which i okay have. yeah i've got uh, bag of decks Palash T with a 499 donation, thank you so much, says Yahtzee. If you want to do something fun in VR, there's a place in Richmond next to Berkeley that lets you explore the ISS in VR. Space. Couldn't, couldn't I do that at home? Isn't that the whole point of VR? Yeah, why well, do you have to go to a place? Yeah. <laughs> I got I've got like three VR headsets gathering dust. It's nice to have something to do with them. I would I hope there's a some kind of ISS exploration thing you can download is there not yeah it'd be weird if it was only at the like what is it the chabot uh space center is that still a thing knows. berkeley you can play google earth in vr you you feel like godzilla oh that sounds nice anyway uh bag of decks member for eight months and only access says love the end of adventure is nigh great work guys yes and as will everyone when the end of adventure is nigh season two goes public on saturday on youtube how excited are you to be in Milwaukee in a little over two months? Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's it's really happening. It is really happening. Is this going to be your first time in Wisconsin? Yep. Oh, my gosh. I Jack have I never been so uh, there. It's the most Midwesty part of the United States I've been. I went to North Carolina once. That's not Midwesty. That's like East Coast South. I've been to like, a lot of like I've been to a lot of like the the big cities. I've been to yeah. LA. I've been to New York. I've been to DC. I've been to Seattle. Now you can add Milwaukee to that list. Not, yeah, not Milwaukee. so many of the in betweeny sized cities. Yeah. Anyway, betweenies. Doran Grossman Naples gives five dollars and says it's starting to seem like we're approaching the video game singularity where the entire AAA industry implodes under its own recursive meaningless. I keep saying this, Adoran Gross Nipples. I keep saying something's going to give sooner or later. I mean, I thought the example of the indie sphere would have been enough, making all kinds of different shit and uh, getting positive reviews and making bank. Mm -hmm. 
triple industry sort of imprisoned by its own system. Yeah, and I don't know how if that gets fixed or if that's just how it is together or how well, it is forever. It probably happened the same way all the big studios left Brisbane. Uh, everything just uh, reached a climax and uh, nothing could be sustained anymore and all the big studios just broke up into little ones and then there was a whole bunch more indie games coming out. Yeah. That's the, the other thing is uh, whenever anyone says uh, uh, oh, like there's nothing interesting in games. Games are all derivative. Games are all boring. And it's like, you just literally walk around the block and you got indie games. And there's a bunch of interesting indie games. Like this, if, is, if, this is a messaging problem. It's, it comes from the AAA shit getting all the coverage. Yeah. It's a good it thing like that we at The Escapist... Anymore. It's a good thing we at The Escapist work diligently to put out regular reviews of games from all over the spectrum of budgets, isn't it? That sounded like you read off a script, which is incredible. Um, no, but it feels like more and more, I think I think more and more people are shining lights on indie. Like, look at last year. A bunch of people were talking about Immortality and, and Pentiment and Stray and Neon White. Like, mm. I feel like you don't have to... Well, you, you might have, have like a sample bias there because you're like in the that's industry. What we do. Yeah, well. I guess that is true. Yeah. Like, well, anyway. Well, you might be right. There's a lot of like big YouTubers giving exposure to all kinds of shit. Yeah. Hunter Rouge gives five dollars. Says honestly, I just want to see battle passes disappear. Don't you understand, Hunter Rouge? It makes more money for the people who make the games. I mean, it doesn't enhance your experience at all, but it makes more money for them. Yay. Yeah, and that is ultimately, like, battle passes are, like, the version of a promise ring of being like, yeah. we will be together forever, and this will be a long-term commitment, and you will never leave us. Well, at least Which it doesn't gross. cost as much as an engagement ring. That's true. Hope that would be bad. Wesley that's Thomas. That's what pre-ordering editions are all about. That's, that's an engagement ring. There you go. Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and says, one, day one updates goes back to do you really want to get rid of uh patching regardless of the state of the starting product yeah, do you not want day one updates like what two butchering games for dlcs yeah i'm, I'm with you on that 2a yeah. each pair of trousers and new gun is a dlc but they are that feeds into microtransactions and three always online requirements for single player games well that's one of those things that we didn't complain about enough and now it's just been normalized for too long is it normal? Maybe I'm just always online, so I don't notice it. It's Is possible. that part of the problem? Yeah. Well, they say like internet's like considered a basic uh, requirement of life now, societally. Yeah, I mean, certainly in our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the first world. Sure. Uh, Jay Crizzle gives five dollars and says the gaming trend I would like to see go away is remakes. Really, hacks and mods are way better than the remakes of classics, and they are free. Not uh, looking forward to the Silent Hill two remake then. I assume. What, you know the problem really, with re you know the problem with remakes is yeah. that a remake is a project that starts with a complete vision of the finished result, whereas the process of game development involves a lot of fiddling along, fiddling about with the uh, entire thing that you're doing, yeah, all the way from beginning to end. Yeah, you want to iterate, see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. 
I don't know. My 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 disagreement is I think a lot of people feel this way about remakes um, because they're people who were around and experienced the thing the first time around. Uh, whereas oh, okay. I think a, a benefit of remakes is going to be there's probably a, a huge new swath of people who didn't play the original Dead Space, weren't old enough back then, whatever. And this new Dead Space is coming out and it's big and it's pretty and, and it's loud and it's scary. And I don't think that's the worst way to experience something. And that's coming from someone, I love playing old games. I love playing a bunch of janky shit from, from the NES and Super Nintendo and, and PlayStation 1 era. Um, but I don't know, to me, it's like being mad that there's a 4K, 4K transfer of an old movie of The Godfather or something and being like, that's not how I watched it. I watched it on two VHSs. Well, a polished up remake of something like Dead Space is one thing. A complete ground-up remake created by completely different people with completely different sensibilities, as with the Silent Hill 2 remake, is a different matter yeah. entirely. Yeah, I guess then we get back into the we get back into the muck of remake, remastered, all that yeah. all that nonsense. And of like, does a game like Resident Evil 4 need to be remade? So we're going to be talking about that a lot this year because it's happening a bunch. Moving on. Sinistar mm. gives $5 and says the current industry obsession with long AAA games seems like a massive overcorrection from the Call of Duty era of linear four-ish hour games. You might be right, Sinistar. Yeah. I certainly remember that was very much the, uh, the common uh, average length of stuff in the sort of Xbox 360 PS3 era of games. Yeah. It also sucks when you hear, uh, you know, some some indie games can be super short, like an hour or 90 minutes or something, and you hear people are like, oh, I just finished it and then got my refund on Steam. It's like, oh, that's kind of shitty. Like, yeah. that's not, that's that's going to discourage people from making games of that length. But it's also your money, so who am I to tell you what to do with it? Yeah, people got to pay the bills, man. We're in an yeah. economic crisis, if you hadn't noticed. Yeah. BT Shag gives five CHFs and says, hate having full control, wiping the floor with mobs, and then losing it because the story says so. Same brainwash in Far Cry 5 made me rage quit. Okay, that was quite difficult to pass, but I think I got what you're saying. Uh, you hate it when uh, the game forces you to lose, even if you yeah. were winning in the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Happens a lot in boss fights. Like, you get all the boss's health down, and the, there's a cutscene where the boss goes, hi, actually, I win. Like, why, then, would, that that yeah. felt like a waste of time. Why did we just do that? I guess that's bad storytelling. I mean, what are they supposed? Yeah. To, I mean, if the story's supposed to continue, what are they supposed to do? Just have the boss go dead, and mm -hmm. uh, now we continue somehow. Uh, LL Cool TJ Nine gives two dollars and says overuse of Jiminy Cockthroat model of gameplay. I feel like that. Like uh, I've been seeing less of those, although it could be because we've been out of like AAA season for a while. Jimmy Cockthroat being op open-world, action-adventure, usually with a choice of either stealth or direct action combat gameplay, with uh, crafting mechanics and collectibles. Gotcha. So the Ubisoft-y, uh, Ghost yeah. of Tsushima... Horizon yeah, that sort of thing. The Ubisoft-y open-world model, gotcha. basically. Why is it called Jiminy Cockthroat? I was a... just making up something I thought okay. would sound funny. Okay. Because I couldn't think of anything that would actually very pithily summarize all those points in a couple of words. Because <laughs> okay. Ghost Train Ride makes sense when you, yeah, that makes sense when you explain it. But you you can't really summarize open world stealth action adventure with crafting and collectibles. Yeah, so in maybe, a way where you can intuit what it means. 
Yeah, so Jiminy Cockthroat is your summary of the inability to summarize it, which I like. Oh, I did once compare something like uh, a Ubisoft open world to a golf course rather than a sandbox. Because you still go through it in sort of a, a linear sequence. Sure, just sure, sure. Just ostensibly you can go anywhere. There's just no point yeah. in doing so. The illusion of freedom, even though you're yeah. playing the same 18 holes as everyone else. Anyway. Andy Inako gives $10 and says, I really enjoyed the treasure maps in RDR2. They forced you to use relative position to landmarks to find things. I wish more games had that as an option for navigation stroke exploration. Yeah, I quite like that as a gameplay mechanic. Comes up in Sea of Thieves a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like... Uh, I just previewed the game uh, Chia, an upcoming indie game that uh, does the same thing with treasure maps, and I really like that. If, if that, that I, to me, that implies a... Uh, a confidence and strength in your world design. In your I just appreciate something that lets me feel like I'm using my own brain and brain. being smart rather than just going to where the icon on the map says to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Seth Foss, member for 23 months in early access, says Steel Rising had a compass to give markers. Okay. A lot of games do. Skyrim does, does as well, doesn't it? Yeah, what is, does Skyrim have like north, south, east, and west? Like, do they use our cardinal directions in? I assume like as Middle much. Earth or wherever the hell Skyrim takes place. It probably takes place in a place called Spy Skyrim, if I'm being honest. No, I know this. Hang on, I think it's called. No, that's Dragon Age. I thought it was called as, the. As there's a name for the world of the Elder Scrolls. Is it Cyrodiil, or is that just another part of it? Oh. Well, anyway, because well, aren't the, part like Morrowind is a part? Tamarel, Cyrodiil, seen a lot of names. I don't know. Well, the world of uh, Dragon Age is called Thedas, and I know that because it's a it's a shortening of the Dragon Age setting, and it just oh, kind of yeah, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah. Uh, seven eight nine two zero three five seven gives one dollar. Uh, they oh, also there's... had a message below. Did oh, did he? I was wondering if like reading unlisted numbers was some kind of hack thing. Oh, if I read, no, that, read that out, out loud, like, like it's some kind of like cheat code for all the world's um, Amazon Alexas that uh, people are going to listen to this while they're that. sleeping, and that's going to be the thing that turns them into an assassin. There you go. Anyway, seven, eight, nine, and all of that says: Can franchise finales or milestones be less stingy? Building a history of memorable items and characters seems like such a waste when you lock off all the old things. I'm looking at you, Bayonetta three. I think. Hmm not a franchise finale right because there's literally a new bayonetta game coming out in like two weeks i think there's a sort of an inevitable sense of disappointment from finales because they do have to wrap everything up when before it everything was in a sort of state of nebulousness that could have gone anywhere yeah is there a game finale that people like people always complain about mass effect people like if we're talking about like trilogy finales yeah i meant like uh, a yeah installment uh, of a game i guess yeah. very few games most games that are like multiple games are like Whatever, Uncharted is like a bunch right. of different stories. Yeah. That really, a know, final installment of a series that went down well. I mean, Jeff, you say Half-Life 2, but there's... That Half -Life was, what? That was absolutely not the final installment of that series. <laughs> um, I guess that's like... Uh, again, you say Witcher 3, you say Devil May Cry 5. These aren't final installments. These are all franchises that are going to yeah. continue. Like, yeah, they, games I mean, have we're talking a, about something that like wraps up all the loose ends and like, everyone... Halo 3, Dark Souls... You, these are, uh, am I going insane? With these? Okay, okay. What about Uncharted 4? Yeah, unless... 
they come back and give yes, him one. Yes, all one right. There was around. another Uncharted game after that, but it wasn't about Nathan Drake. Yeah. I would argue Nathan Drake's story was wrapped up. I mean, it ended yeah. with like the epilogue where he's old and living happily in a house with, with a wife and kid. You can't really backtrack that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I do. Uh, uh, Bumble Crumble put it, it said, nothing is allowed to end. And I feel like, yes. No one's ever really gone. Ah. Uh, as they say. The dogmatic director gives $5 and says, I wish NPCs in newer games would stop shouting at me every 10 seconds while I'm trying to solve a puzzle. Yeah, that was a, a big part of the complaining of around God of War Ragnarok, wasn't it? Yeah, and I feel like that should be a... I like that as an option I can turn on if I'm a player who doesn't want to deal with the puzzles. But by default, you should, if you're going to make puzzles in your game, you should allow the player the time to solve said puzzles if they want. I think it comes from the designer being afraid of letting the pace drop. I guess so, yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep it going. If you feel frustrated even for a moment, that's like 10 players stop playing right there because they're dumb. Yeah. Anyway, Dylan Kuntz gives 499 and says, could go with more journals or logs, so... Excuse me. When I pick a game back up, I can remember what I was doing instead of looking it up online. Before I think games that almost uh, the, the way if you put on a new episode of a TV show it has a previously on like games that, oh, I've, that have I've the played games to that do that, that. I yeah. think um, Alone in the Dark like the remake one that did that yeah like uh, every time you reloaded a save there would be like a, a previously on wherever you saved the game it would be like organically created from like all the plot points up to that point which I was yeah, quite impressed yeah. by. One of the few things that was good about that game. Yeah. I've never seen another game do that. Alan Wake sort of did it, but they didn't do it organically, like if you reloaded from anywhere in the game. It was just at the end of every chapter. They just had yeah. a chapter transition and then a previously on sequence, even if you hadn't yeah. stopped playing, which was a bit dumb. And sort of yodeled yeah. to me that what I've suspected for the longest time that Remedy just want to make TV shows. <laughs> I mean, they got halfway there with Quantum Break. Well, there you go. Gave the game away with that, I suspect. Yeah. Oh, I think that might have been the last Super Chat. There was a lot more to scroll down, so I assumed there'd be more, but uh, apparently not. They're just loitering. The rest of them are just loitering and hanging out for free. Well, uh, thanks for listening to Something Else, everyone. And we already pitched a lo We already like uh, plugged a load of shit earlier. I guess we can we plug them was, again. Great, yeah. What Zero punctuation yeah. compilations on Spotify yeah. now. Can you let people know what your zero punctuation this week is? It's about Pentiment. <gasps> is that there the last go. game from last year you're going to review? I think so. Yeah. I mean, January is always a wasteland, so there's inevitably a lot of like clearing up the shit we missed for yeah. a while. I'm very, I'm very excited to get your force. But new on. games, yeah, new games will recommence next week. Yeah, we got Forspoken, we got Dead Space Remake, uh, Season. Big yeah, well, we haven't got, I mean, we don't have a code for Forspoken, so... We I've don't have a code for that or Dead Space, this is true. I, I have another game I'm doing before Forspoken. Gotcha. That I'm is it Persona 3 Portable? Nope. A lot of people keep talking about how excited they are for you to review that, and I keep telling people... I'm, a, yeah, I'm, I think you would fucking hate it. And B, yep. you're probably not going to review it. Yeah, probably not going to bother. Yep. Um, but yeah, we should have a, a lot of games to talk about. And then for uh, the rest of this week, later today, uh, Jesse and Casey are going to be back for Hidden Gems. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m., uh, they're going to be playing a spooky game. Song of the... 
It sounds oh, like I'm about to say Song of the South. But Song of Horror. I've I have played it. It is a weird one. Okay, that is that is the game they're playing. Um, okay. Okay, so y'all can check that out. Uh, we have no streams tomorrow. Uh, hmm. uh, we're all going to be gone, so we can't do the recap. And then uh, Nick yeah. is also going to be gone in the afternoon, so no. Um, yeah, we're all no doing cool on. stuff where you can't go. We're going to be smoking cigarettes under the bleachers and kissing girls. Um, but then, yeah, Wednesday we'll be back for, for post-CP and for um, uh, uh, Breakout. And then yep. Thursday we're going to have a big old day. We're going to be back with more Sea of Thieves shenanigans. Oh, yes, and uh, Extra Punctuation dropping on YouTube for everyone. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And then on Saturday, the finale of Adventures Night Season 2 will drop for everyone as well. Although all the smart people have already seen it. <gasps> oh my god, they're don't already, be a dummy, sign up. They're, they're already hankering for Season 3. Yeah, they already have their fan art in. People are already doing pornos based on it, probably. Anytime something gets popular enough, you got pornos based on it. Well, there's a pretty obvious uh, point where porno could be made out of it. Oh! And if you want to know, yeah, subscribe you, on Patreon. You, you've got to go see... Turns out, bards, in like the aftermath of a successful quest, get a lot of sex. I imagine. I imagine bards after a big quest, they, like the the, the, yeah. the endorphins are flowing. Yeah, when and, they're when they're surrounded by grateful citizens. Yeah, it's like post post World War Two babies. Yeah. There you go. Perfect sense. Anyway, uh, that'll be it from us then. Yeah. I gotta go walk the dog. Oh, toffee! I won't recommend for more toffee time because you've had enough. You've had a lot of toffee time. Yeah, just don't want you to overdo it. Don't want you to get bored of toffee. Yeah, we gotta keep you coming back. All right then. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everybody.